everybody and welcome to comics on film i am mike crowder and i'm joined as always by the delicious the voluptuous the succulent tasty little treat mike cody how you doing buddy oh man i'm better after that intro i finally <laughs> i feel like you finally named all of my best characteristics this is great <laughs> <laughs> he's got curves for days he's mike cody he's here with me <laughs> you you are my you're my heterosexual twin flame and, uh, <laughs> Thank you. I've been watching a lot of documentaries, and I, I feel like that finally, <laughs> yeah, I you know, that encapsulate you. I saw the first thirty minutes of that, and uh, thank you. It lo- it looks great. Looks like a great program. Can't wait to join. You know, there's like three Twin Flames uh, documentaries out there right now, and I think I've also watched like the first thirty or forty minutes of all of them. And you get you get the idea like yeah. pretty quickly, and. <laughs> Uh, today we're joined by Seattle Tacoma great Mike Coletta. How you doing, buddy? Hi, I'm good. I also actually watched like the first 30 minutes of the Twin Flames documentary, and I was like, this is pretty out there for me. <laughs> 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 also, I did I watch is there one on HBO? Yes. Yes. That's yes. the one that I watched because I don't have Netflix. But the good one apparently is on Netflix. Did you like my dad quit Netflix when they put that movie out about the beauty pageant and he thought it was for pedophiles to no. jerk off to. <laughs> I quit. I stayed for that. No, I yeah. quit. <laughs> I actually quit because I was stealing it from my friend and I was like, hey man, did you reset the password? He's like, are you still using that? And it had been like years that I was using his Netflix. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'll take it off my Xbox. You're, you're right, Brian. I'll remove it. So. You should just been like, no, I was just curious. Like every so often, I just check in with people to see if they reset their passwords and then they yeah. give them to me, right? It's you know, right. Yeah. He had a profile on there called Mooching Mike for a while, which I really liked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have Netflix anymore, which is kind of hard because I feel like they've come out with like a lot of stuff lately that i've kind of missed out on oh yeah but i have I, disney plus i gotta I had say the movie today. of the streaming services netflix is the one i watch the least mm-hmm. i've been getting back into it lately uh for a while there there was there was like a solid year where it was like i should just cancel this but i'm way too lazy yeah. uh but they've been getting better they've also been getting most of the dc movies from max so for this purpose it's you know it's been worth hanging on to <laughs> yeah it works for us Blue Eye Samurai is good if you if you haven't seen that yet on Netflix the animated feature thing or show not feature it's like a Japan is that an animated version of uh, Tom Cruise's The Last Samurai no it's not <laughs> but there is a guy that's like evil Tom Cruise from Last Samurai is the villain it's like an, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's pretty Ooh. great in that sense so it's a good okay. it's a good show though yeah uh, I was watching it uh, in. Uh, pullman washington because i was doing shows there but everyone i knew had to work so i just binge watched the whole show in like a day actually i got seven of the eight episodes in still haven't watched the last episode it's pure torture i have not seen i have not finished it and i don't have netflix so i don't know when i will (laughs) 
I think this, I can create a mooching mic password on my account if oh, uh, if you nice. like. Yeah, I'll just to watch one. Honestly, yeah. at this point, I'm like, I'm not above piracy. I'll just go ahead and grab the last episode. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lend you my mother-in-law's um, account just so that way you really, really mess up her algorithm. And she's just... very confused. <laughs> like, well... Oh, yeah. The other thing about that, too, Blue Eye Samurai, a lot more animated nudity than you think in that tell in that cartoon show. Because huh. it's like, yeah, it's like it's like it's very much an adult show. And they just people run around naked all the time. You know, so it'll, it will ruin her algorithm is what I'm saying. Is there like <laughs> is there like context to the nudity or is it just kind of like just blue eyed samurai with his wife? So it's like people having sex and stuff is first part of it. Uh, it makes me sound like I've never had sex before. You know, sex and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, the my wife, we just started holding hands. It's great. And uh, the. Uh, there's that, and then there's this scene where like the whole town gets naked to go swimming for like a worship thing, and they like go in there. So it's like it's not like grotesque nudity; it's just a lot more nudity than you think, and a lot of male nudity too, which you don't see in TV shows that much. I feel like Mike Cronin looks so confused right now. Like like you've met, <laughs> you have like, this this like blank and horrified look on your face. Like male, like male the male body. What? Uh. <laughs> Uh. No, I kept getting um, email notifications in the corner of my screen, so I was trying to mute it. I don't know if you guys can hear the bing. That I can't hear out. anything. Oh, nope, okay, nothing. Good. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, that reminded me of you guys talking about the algorithm. My so back when Netflix was just the DVD service, my friend was logged on to his account and left the room so i went in and i changed all of his upcoming dvds to softcore gay porns (laughs) 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 and it was an account he shared with his family (laughs) so so one day just just a couple of gay porn just got sent to his childhood home (laughs) (laughs) that's very funny it's like that's a good like relatively harmless childhood prank you know because like it's just great Uh (laughs) i miss the dvd service though the dvds were great because you would order a tv show and you get like two of the discs and then you have to send them back and wait for the other two and you do like two i watched sopranos like that it was great it's built a lot of suspense that's how i watch arrested development but with um the net the blockbuster blockbuster had a thing where like it was unlimited rentals so you could take out two movies at a time and then come back and get the other two. Oh, so man. I did that through. We watched. We rented the first uh, disc of the first season. Watched the whole thing, and immediately drove back to Blockbuster and got the next two. And that's how we, me and my brother just binged Arrested Development in like three days. That's awesome, though. That's yeah. like that's the thing. I, that was how I binged the first two seasons of Lost. So that was a great program when it uh, yeah. <laughs> when it still made sense. Mm-hmm. That's I feel like what I get super nostalgic for is like movie rentals. That's where I'm at right now. Like going to the movie rental store on like a Friday night and getting candy and popcorn. Yeah. And getting yeah. A movie. Like that was a thing. Oh. And video games. Remember oh, getting yeah. N64 games there. Oh, yeah. And some of those games were like, you're glad you just rented it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember I got uh, there was a blockbuster exclusive Beast Wars fighting game for N64 that i got when they were like selling their old games that was like transformers beast wars you mean yeah yeah wow you know the blockbuster versions of n64 games 
are the most expensive ones like the not for resale kind specifically oh, really? the demo the mo- one of the like last time i checked the most expensive n64 game was clay fighters 63 and a half blockbuster edition that says not for resale on the front of it and it was like 1500 dollars. what whoa yeah, because That's it's like, amazing wow yeah ever see if this is just okay i'm a video game person here so if you ever see in the wild a n64 game that says not for resale like if you're at a, like a pawn shop or whatever and see that just get it because you never know if it's gonna be worth like crazy amounts of money if you're trying to flip it because it's like a thing yeah they, they not for resale adds like a bunch of value to video games like that yeah cody i don't know if you guys talked about it but mike has a podcast called codex uh the history of video games so wow yeah. okay yeah so deep nerd over here, deep nerd pulse. Deep nerd. <laughs> I love it. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Is is what? it available on all the finer streaming platforms? It I'd is. Like to well listen it, to that. Okay. Yeah, it's available. It's it's available on like all your big ones, Apple, Spotify. You know, all the random ones that email you saying that you're on the platform, and you're like, "What are you talking about? Did you guys get those yet? <laughs> those are always fun." <laughs> yeah, we we did a, a crossover app where I did uh, superhero games. Yeah. We really went into it too. I'm actually playing the new Spider-Man, not the not Spider-Man two, but the Spider-Man one that came out on PlayStation a while ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I love it. I'm loving that right now, by the way. I really just good. got into, they just released the Arkham trilogy on switch. Ooh. So I got it for Christmas and nice. just beat it the other day. I just beat You're the first so one. So good. Yeah. I might get a PS five just to get uh, Spider-Man two. I love the first one so much. And I'm like, it's time. I'm, I'm yeah. ready. I've been holding off for a while. It's time. I would do it. Yeah, that first one I'm playing right now, and I'm just loving it. I didn't. I don't have Miles Morales. I just have the first part of it. You know, Peter mm-hmm. Parker part, and it's just so seamless. Like it feels like you're playing a movie because like you'll pick up a backpack collectible, and then it'll go to like a separate little cutscene, and mm-hmm. then when you come back, he like calls the person he was talking to back. It was like, sorry, I got busy there anyway, and then they keep going with the story. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. That's awesome. I heard a real cool thing about that is when you get the new costumes, they have like upgrades mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. you guys probably talked about this on the show, but you can change out the upgrades once you get them so that you can wear the costume that looks coolest, but also get the bonuses that you want. Yeah, you can. And you unlock um, new costumes. Like I was looked and I was like, holy are you guys swear you guys swear on this podcast right we're fine absolutely okay i was like i was like holy shit i was like holy shit because they had like <laughs> you unlock the costumes as you level up in the first spider-man game and they have so many costumes already i'm like level 13 and there's already like eight different costumes to choose from and i'm buying the upgrades and switching them out and they have like some kind of weird like deep cut a little bit you know what i mean <laughs> like i wouldn't really think of have you gotten the animated costume yet? I think that no. one's probably... Oh, that one's so much fun. It's I amazing. The, I got the Spider-Man Noir one, though. And I'm like, the Spider-Man Noir? Is this early? And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And they, I mean, I want Spider-Ham. That's what I really want. I want to be... <laughs> I want it to switch to John Mulaney's voice as I'm Spider-Ham swinging across the city. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, well, I think we covered all we wanted to, so that's been it. Thanks, guys, for joining all the right. podcast. Great, no yeah. problem. <laughs> So yeah. was was this a perfect smash, a perfect cast, or all smash? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get into it. Today we're talking about the 2000 film feature X Men, and uh, we start by asking. Uh, I'll start with Cody. What was your experience with this movie? When did you see it? What are your thoughts? What saw are you it in the theater. 
I was super excited about it because uh, I knew Brian Singer was a great director, and I was I was always happy when they had a real, legit Hollywood director take on a property that I liked. And you know, X Men was so hot around that time, uh, mm-hmm. so hot. I mean, like I was thinking about it recently because you know, they're they're planning on bringing them back to the big screen pretty soon. But you know, with the cartoon series, and it felt like everyone I knew, even if they weren't into comics, was reading the Jim Lee X Men series. So that was like the best possible time they could have done it. And then I saw it and I didn't love, love the movie, but I really, really, really liked it. And I was super happy with it. And then, you know, X2, I think to this day, is like still probably top 10 superhero movies. I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. 15 at this point, but it's still excellent. And yeah, so big fan of uh, how they kicked it off and everything they did after that. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Coletta? Dude, so this was like a fond. I, I realized that after you told me the movie, it's like a fond memory of mine where I had a dentist appointment in school. And my mom, pull, my mom pulled me out of school for the dentist appointment and surprised me by seeing this movie. I completely Aww. forgot about Aww, it, and it was nice. just us. It was only us in the theater. It had been out for a while, so <laughs> and we were just so I got like a private screening of this at some movie theater in Auburn, Washington. <laughs> it's great yeah so i i have fond memories of this movie i really like this movie and i was kind of worried watching it that it wouldn't age well and i was actually like pleasantly surprised like it's got some cheesy parts to it but i i like this movie i i I still stand by it yeah and uh, i felt the same way and i think apart from one special effect i'll talk about later I think it looks really good still. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm extremely excited to get into this because I was watching it last night. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Me three. Yeah. Uh, there was... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like really I, the plot holds up well. The acting holds up well. It's just a really, really good movie. And yeah. uh, I was like struggling, like, how are we going to make fun of it? And then uh, then. You know, <laughs> there's oh, always yeah. something. There's, there's always, always something. something. <laughs> the crazy part to me is that they got Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen to just act the shit out of it. That's what they did for like yeah. those two characters. The yeah. scene, I don't know if we're like jumping, if I'm jumping ahead or not, but the scene with them in the, like after the Senate and they're like on that weird sky bridge in the glass, it's yeah. just like they're just acting at each other so hard. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got, I got really into the cartoon x-men show and so when when i saw this was coming out i was so excited to see it and then saw it in the theater loved it watched it all the time when it was on tv and then yeah i'm the same with cody x2 is one of my favorites probably top 10 also and um the only thing that was missing from this movie was nightcrawler because nightcrawler is my favorite x-men and uh yeah so it was so cool to see him like that intro of x2 is one of the best comic book movie moments yeah of yeah totally agreed. teleporting all around the white house mm-hmm. it's so good also Which, x nightcrawler being your favorite x-men is a good favorite x-men by the way like people you. that people that say gambit i kind of cringe a little okay yeah. I get a little upset. i'm like come yeah. on now but like nightcrawler is a solid best favorite x-men mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite x-men cody I mean, well, I mean, I, I did like a Cajun guy a lot, but I guess I can't really talk about that <laughs> on the show. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. Like, 
is I think it would probably be if if it's a guy that like you don't think about apart from the team. I actually think it would probably be Colossus. I always thought he was really cool. Oh, yeah, um, that's fine. And it, oh, you're so oh, yeah. he's the best, right? Colossus is great. <laughs> he's so good. Uh, yeah, that's great. Oh, I'm just I, happy. Are you allowed for Wolverine to be your favorite X Man? Because I feel like he's not. You know what I mean? He is, but he isn't. I I feel like you're allowed to have him be your favorite X Man. It's just kind of like if you say Wolverine's my favorite X Men, like people are gonna be like, does this person even like watch X Men? Like everyone likes Wolverine. Okay, he's like chocolate. Everyone likes it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But like Nightcrawler, Colossus, I feel like those. There's even big. I get the camp of like hating Cyclops because there's a lot of people that just hate Cyclops. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you read the comic books and I feel like Scott Summers is way more fleshed out in the comic books than in all of his movies. He's in, you know, I feel like he kind of gets a bad rap in the movies. Yeah. They kind of made him a douche in the movie. Like I didn't really appreciate that because I always liked Cyclops and I was like, Oh, why is he, why is he being all James Marston-y? What's up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I did. There is a really good scene later where, he is not a douche on purpose. Wolverine's hitting on Jean in front of him. And he goes, is this the part where you tell me to not hit on my girlfriend? Yeah. And he goes, she's her own woman. She can do whatever we, she wants. But also, don't hit on my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, that's pretty progressive for the year 2000 for him to yeah, not right? be like a macho dickhead and, and them just bad heads. I like the scene later where he, they kind of like get along with it and he's like, prove you're the real Wolverine. And he's like, you're a dick. He's like, fair enough. <laughs> that's, that, that's, like, that's, that's like still holds up to me. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. good. It was pretty progressive considering that Brian Singer was probably like screaming at people and sexually harassing everyone like on the set, like as this was going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like... Oh yeah. Let's just start. So in the, uh, the intro, I remember seeing the intro with like the, uh, the animated, like going into cells and stuff and the DNA and thinking like, wow, this looks so cool when I first saw this movie. And now I look at it and it looks like a windows 98 screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree i actually wrote like on my notes i was like that opening sequence used to slap and now it looks really bad <laughs> screensavers like someone just shakes the mouse and the movie ends and it's the windows xp desktop you're like oh man you gotta leave the now. Yeah. it should have been narrated by the little paper clip like <laughs> clippy I heard you're trying to make an X-Men movie. Can I help? <laughs> uh, then we go to uh, 1943 Germany and uh, concentration camp. We get to see Magneto as a child. And I got to say, I love that Marvel, they make their their villains sympathetic. So, so much more, I think, than DC does where like Magneto, like Killmonger and Black Panther, they're guys like... You see on a certain level, like, I, I know exactly feel for them. And you're like, I kind of want you to win sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're yeah. fighting for a good cause. You're just doing it in a very bad way. Yeah, it's all justified. I feel yeah. like with the whole like, I mean, they kind of like bury it into the ground, like in the middle of the movie. They like keep beating a dead horse with it, you know, where he's like, yeah, yeah. you know, back 60 years ago. I'm like, OK, yeah, I know what you're going to mention in the Holocaust. <laughs> like he does it like a lot later yeah. on in the movie. But this opening scene is like really powerful in that sense. I kind of wish they just did this and then didn't bring it up again. Like, because mm-hmm. as an audience, I feel like we get where you're going with it. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. but that scene's really good when he like crushes the thing and then like, he all like pulls all the soldiers with him. It's really cool. Yeah. 
and he's just screaming and all you know <laughs> what i wrote was that like this is a very pivotal part of of magneto's backstory but then he is never once again brought up as jewish and i just wish the grown-up magneto was just a little more jewish <laughs> I, I, not, I, like, so... not like yeah. a stereotypical way but just like <laughs> but just like you'd say something like oh we can't take over the world tomorrow it's the sabbath just a holiday scene with him and mystique and saber tooth all around (laughs) i would love that but yeah like you were saying the fence bending was such a like practical it was such a great thing that they i thought they did really well it was just pretty simple and uh got the point across that he was super powerful and just going through rage yeah, I have a thing with it, though, where, okay, so we established that Weapon X is, like, Wolverine's, like, completely experimented on because he's a mutant. The Nazis, notorious for horrible medical experiments and torture and things like that, they just see this kid bend a fence with his mind, and they're like, oh, what a powerful prison boy, and they just let him go. They don't do anything <laughs> to him. Like, I expected it to be, like, okay, they're going to experiment on Magneto now because, like, why is this kid so strong? But they kind of right. just leave it there. So, like, watching it now, I kind of wish they would have, like, done... I mean, I guess they wouldn't have fit in this movie, but they could have done some sort of Magneto ex- origins thing, I feel like, more mm-hmm. with that. Well, they, they planned on it, and then uh, the uh, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine bombed so bad that they scrapped... Oh, really? Magneto Origins, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. lame, because I feel like Magneto would have been so cool. Yeah, X-Men Origins, was that the one with Deadpool played by Ryan Reynolds, but his mouth was, like, sewn shut? <laughs> yep. You better believe it. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was so his, bad. His wacky Roger Rabbit claws. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there is a line from that trailer that I, I always say out loud, because it was just the delivery is so weird. And he goes, I know who you are, Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> Gambit. <laughs> Yeah, so then we cut to the not too distant future. Oh gosh, I broke that down too. That, of the year two thousand, <laughs> um, when the when Rogue is in her bedroom with the boy and uh, she starts kissing him, and then he, she's like stealing his his life energy, so he starts convulsing. Uh, I want to know how does she know that she's doing that? Like he could just be having a seizure. Oh yeah, yeah, I thought of that. I it looked at that like a giant PSA for abstinence is what that scene felt like. Yeah, yeah. If you kiss someone, you're going to sweat the life out of them. You shouldn't do that. Sex is bad. All right. Or, or he was coming in advance. That could have <laughs> Just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, her X-Men superpower. She makes people <laughs> orgasm so hard they almost die. <laughs> That explains why Wolverine gets so veiny later. Yeah, he's so veiny. <laughs> and then we go to the Senate and we see our intro to Famco motherfucking Jensen. Can I just say <laughs> for this, um, I it felt like she was like literally introducing her presentation and then the senator's like, thanks for all the education. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, my TED talk is about plants. And he's like, you've been telling us everything about it was so bad. It felt like a teacher that hated a kid's presentation and was cutting them off in the middle of it. That's what it felt like to me. It's like, all right, Timmy, you're done. Let's move on. Also, that actor for the senator, though, has the most punchable face 
yes. in this whole movie. Yeah. And they did a great job casting him because you great. hate that guy. He so plays a much. very convincing racist. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and then you kind of feel bad for her later when he becomes yeah. a bag of water that falls on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also but, just he actually looks like a real like Ted Cruz type of senator too. Like usually yeah. they just like get some like hyper good looking guy and it's like, wait, like no, like not everybody in politics looks like Gavin Newsom, okay? Like you can't That's <laughs> mm-hmm. true. He does look he he looks like it. He also like yeah, it's I liked where he was going with like I, I don't know how to describe this right. Are you supporting his ideas? No, know. I'm not. I just want to get like I like the way they make you kind of feel for him, but the the beat we're okay, kind of jumping ahead, but that beach scene just takes all the feeling out for it for me. The beach scene is so weird to me when he comes out of the water in the like elastic. He looks like a plastic bag. Like that. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's it's kind of weird because I took the character seriously and I was like, this guy sucks. And then that beach scene happens and you're like, oh yeah, it's a comic book movie. I forgot what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. The intro to to Jean Grey stuck out to me because Famke Jensen is, I think, like one of the sexiest actresses of all time, especially in like when she's Phoenix and she's like really seductive with Wolverine and stuff. And there's a lot of that stuff in the later movies and her other movies, like in Goldeneye, she's like a mm-hmm. uh, an aggressive um, assassin whore. And, oh, yeah. Uh, she's Zenya on a top, isn't she? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I never put that together until just now. And and I felt like to introduce her because they knew it was a kids movie. They're like, we gotta really, uh, we gotta really, she's all that her. <laughs> let's put some glasses on her. Let's give her, let's put her hair in a weird thing and just. Hollywood's like, we're gonna put glasses on her, make her look like a fucking nerd, okay? And then no one's gonna find her attractive. Let's frump her up, boys. <laughs> we don't want these young kids coming in their pants three hey, minutes. Put, into put a pocket protector in so Jimmy doesn't get a boner next to his mom in the theater. <laughs> But you know what I noticed, Cody, is that this is a registration act scene in a movie 15 years before Captain America Civil War. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then we get to uh, Coletta's scene he was talking about earlier of the Xavier and Magneto having that dialogue acting at each other on the oh, yeah. on the glass pier in a, in a sphere that is somehow right outside of the Senate room. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because also the Senate room looked fucking weird to me too. It looked like not right. It looked like United Nations more than the Senate. <laughs> yeah, were they having this registration meeting at Apple headquarters? Like what? <laughs> yeah, they give they're given like DC way too much credit. I think of looking yeah. like really cool new architecture because I don't think there's any sort of clear glass hallway in the Senate building <laughs> like that. Yeah, another, yeah, that's what we need is right outside of. All of the senators, uh, we need a full glass window just for snipers to just take them all out. Is the glass bulletproof? Absolutely not. That would make it so not good. It's not nice. No. It's got to yeah. look like thinnest glass possible to look really good. We got to let that sun in, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of what I was struck by the scene, like, isn't it crazy that Magneto and Xavier look so young and still very old at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like compared to the later, you're like, damn, they look like like less wrinkles. They look so full of life. And then you're like, uh, yeah, still old, though. I feel like there's a 30 year period where Patrick Stewart looked the exact same age. Like he's yeah. that like now he looks a lot yes. older. But like 
like Star Trek Next Generation all the way up to that X-Men movie, even beyond it. I would even say like in the 2010s, kind of he all looked the same age. And then lately now he looks like he's actually aging. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I was really confused when he decided to come back to playing Professor X because after Logan, he was like, no, no, I'm done. I can't top this. But now I feel like there's probably a little part of it. It's like, oh, I could just stay in my wheelchair and act. Yeah. All right. I get. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that check. Let's do this. <laughs> a role where I could sit down the whole time. This is great. <laughs> also, Ian McKellen's hard for me because I just hear his voice and I think Gandalf. And I, mm-hmm. it, it, it's yeah. hard sometimes in this movie where he says certain lines and you're like, that's a, that sounds more like Gandalf than Megalore, to be honest. I read a piece of trivia that they, when they approached him for Lord of the Rings, he had to turn it down because he was doing this movie. And then so he reached out to Ryan Singer and was like, I really want to do Lord of the Rings. So they switched the whole production of this movie wow. for Ian McKellen to do Magneto or to do uh, Gandalf. I love that then. Yeah. Yeah. How amazing must it be to be, you know, like a successful working actor, but not like a like a huge, huge star. And then just all of a sudden become like one of the key figures in two of the most important franchises of the decade. Like yeah. you're just in billion dollar movies left and right. And you're an old man. That's got to be so cool. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, I so this is kind of a tangent, but my wife actually went and saw in Australia when she was on like a um, college, like abroad study thing. Um, she saw Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart act in Waiting for Godot in Australia, and wow. she was the oh. only person. And this is after Lord of the Rings and everything. And she's the only person outside like waiting and they just said hi to her they were just like super nice and stuff and i'm like that's just mind-blowing to me that <laughs> fucking gandalf and professor x are just sitting out here and jean-luc yeah. picard and no one's waiting for them <laughs> did he have um, that did he have that long cloak on and he was like let's go charles <laughs> 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 well they, the coolest part about it to me is they like they seem like they're actually friends in real life too they like post yeah. on instagram together like this is awesome <laughs> i love that how many cool things are there to do in Australia that you wouldn't want to say hi to Gandalf and Professor X? Like, what? I don't know. <laughs> I, that's why I was like asking her. I'm like, is it like a cultural thing? Like, people just don't care because I would have been out there immediately, like, just to say <laughs> <Yeah>. hi. <laughs> I would have brought like action figures to the theater in oh, case, yeah. like, <laughs> would sign them. <laughs> he just walks out, and I just pull Glamdring out of its sheath, and I'm just like, sign my sword, please. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> He's like, again, these fucking nerds. Have you seen a vagina? <laughs> no. Oh, you mean Casa Dune? <laughs> I did love in the scene how Magneto and Xavier are like very cordial. Like they still have a lot of respect for each other as friends, even though they're on different sides of this. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I also you know, like tips his cat cap to him on his way out. I also, I mean, it is cheesy kind of, but he's like, what are you looking for in here? And he's like, hope. And I'm like, oh, I got me. Even though it's like super cheesy, but I like it. It's like, it's that perfect amount of like comic book sentimentality that like is like, like it's good. It's what I want for these movies. Like that was good. Yeah. Now we get to uh, the introduction to Wolverine scene in Canada. And <laughs> my first thought when i saw rogue get out of the truck is i don't want to know what she did 
to get a ride from Louisiana to Canada. Yeah, I mean, she had to wear the gloves, right? (laughs) I feel like that guy didn't die because of all the truck stop hookers that he'd been with, and that's the only reason her powers didn't kill him. Like he's got he's got lot lizard immunity. Her her jizz Dyson powers didn't uh, (laughs) didn't kill him five states ago. The one thing I did like is that in the scene before she kisses the boy and sucks the life out of him, she's like explaining the trip up to Alaska. So it kind of justifies why she's up there. Like they kind of oh, didn't catch that. Like they did a good, this movie actually surprisingly does a good job justifying the things that are going to happen in the future. Like then they foreshadow it, not in a way that's annoying, but it's like, Oh, that's actually good. You know? Cause that she explains the trip right before they kiss. So when she's in Alberta, you're like, Oh yeah, she's going to Laughlin. She's going to make her way to Alaska. That's what she's doing. This makes sense. Like this is her dream. We were we oh, wow. so the last movie we watched was um, Superman Returns, also a Brian mm-hmm. Singer joint, and we were talking about that too. Is just the fact that like everything makes sense. We might not like everything he did, but like it's it's the same sort of thing. It's a Brian Singer movie. Like there's a reason for everything. It's not over explained. It's just like this is happening because of this, and it's great. It's, yeah, uh, I think that's why the movie holds up so well. It's like it all makes sense even today. Yeah, that's a lot, and that's like missing from a lot of movies today. <laughs> like when you see him, you're like, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with last week, I, I had all these like, oh, there's a plot hole, and then like the next scene, they would be like, oh, that's why that happened, and I'm like, oh shit, nope, that's not. <laughs> I I hole. did that while writing for like the, the notes for this movie when uh-huh. the tree falls and they run into it. I was like, oh convenient accident completely forgetting that Sabretooth pushed the tree over and right. they're gonna start fight. <laughs> oh yeah of course like yeah they justify everything this movie. i like it i also and love even on to, uh even on to the to the next ones i was reading in trivia that the one of the last lines of the movie is magneto saving to xavier like how are you going to protect those kids when they come for him in the middle of the night and then in x2 uh strikers forces uh flood the x mansion in the middle of the night and abduct all the kids Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So it was foreshadowing to the next movie. They oh, also yeah. tease, they tease Nightcrawler in that opening, um, you know, Apple headquarters Senate scene where they're like, you know, yeah, what if the, you know, somebody can walk through walls? Like, what if they attack the White House like that? And then, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the I didn't notice that. I thought that yeah. was a Kitty Pride reference, but yeah. They did. There was a Kitty Pride reference, but then, um, and then she showed up because it's Brian Singer. So, yeah. And <laughs> but then, yeah, they also. Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got recast to uh, Who formerly that? Ellen Page. That's now, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Now Ellen, mm-hmm. Ellen can be Gambit. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Hell awesome yeah. to, like, to recast her as like Sunspot or somebody. Which... <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the, the Wolverine cage fight scene. That action where uh, the guy goes to punch him and he punches back and their fists hit and he breaks oh, yeah. it. It was, it was a really cool part. I love the don't hit him in the balls. I'll take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes in this hold up. Like that's the yeah. thing that I was like so impressed about watching this. I was like, you know, the parts that I found funny as a kid, I still find funny. They're like actually really well done. Now here is a plot hole that I don't think they justified. Why did they let a 15 to 16 year old girl hang out in a cage fight bar for hours? I can justify this. Oh, you yeah. ready? Because right, yeah. in Alaska and probably in Canada, you don't have to be 21 to be in a bar. Oh, really? There are pictures huh. of me as a baby in the Midnight Mine in Fairbanks, Alaska, a bar, a dive bar. Like you can get, you can <laughs> as long as you're with your parent, you can hang out 
in a bar as long as you have a parental supervision. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they like let her in there. Also Laughlin, Alberta appears to be a, a hive of scum and villainy, according to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't really care. I, I really got like, this is the most Isley of this movie right now. <laughs> I was impressed that apparently no stoplights, but a cage fighting bar. That's, yeah. a, that's a great place to hang out. And you know, after being to Canada, they do love UFC up there. So this kind of all makes sense. They like they have UFC stuff everywhere in Canada. They're like really into it. So I'm going to be 45 in a couple months. And I'm just really disappointed that I've never stumbled into like a random bar where like one person fights every single comer that comes along. <laughs> like I've traveled around enough. I think I would have been to one of those like, Spider-Man fights Bonesaw McGraw or Wolverine fights everyone that comes at him. Never. Never. You mean Bonesaw's coming? (laughs) Bonesaw is ready. Dude, I think I think this just means that we have the opportunity to start a business here. We could have our own king of the cage, you know, the three of us. We could really become producers. I think Mike Cronin's in the ring, you know, just just doing the announcer job. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I you you're the announcer. Like, I feel like you'd make the good <laughs> ring announcer. Job. <laughs> yeah, I was yes. gonna say we're just giving one night only. <laughs> one night only. Mike Cronin, King of the Cage. <laughs> one night only. Fifteen minutes only. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all comers, all fifteen to six-year-old girl comers. I'll take them. <laughs> another sexual. I'll fight you. I will beat you up. <laughs> just violent. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Uh, I did find like little details in this scene, like the, the 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 jar that says "tipping is not a city in China." Did you notice that? <laughs> I did yes, not. <laughs> that was on the bar right right before the confrontation with Wolverine. And th- this is obvious. Like, how do you feel? You both feel about the scene where the claw comes out, where you have the view of it coming out of the skin. Did you? It squeeze. It, 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 it weirds me out. It, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. When, it, when you see his little uh, yeah, it's like hand vagina. Yeah, his hand <laughs> vagina. Exactly. I I gotta say I loved it, and I think I thought it was such a cool thing that he had the control to put the two out mm-hmm. around his neck, and then mm-hmm. to put that in. And I do think it looks better. Uh, the special effect looks better than any other claw thing in any other movie. I think even up to Logan, I think that special effect looks better than all of them. I mean that might have made me squeamish. I think because it looks like relatively yeah. realistic. It's like, Ooh, yeah, like it. It's it's like I don't know if it's like a practical effect. It seems like it could be though. Like mm-hmm. I think that was why Hugh Jackman was cast is because he actually has an adamantium claws built into his uh, mm-hmm. his arms. So mm-hmm. that's probably why. Yeah, yeah. I read that they really wanted Russell Crowe, and he said oh, no. Huh. Um, but he said, uh, "Why don't you get my friend Hugh Jackman?" And nobody knew who Hugh Jackman was. So uh, they they were like, no, we'll find this other guy. And they were going for another actor. And he fell out at the last minute. So, the, so they had to go with Hugh Jackman. And then turns out he's the perfect Wolverine and just crushed it. Crushed yeah. It. Yeah. That's so funny to me that. I, I don't know what a Russell Crowe Wolverine would have been for me. I think it would have ruined it for me. I don't I don't think I would have liked it. <laughs> Granted, now I only think of Russell Crowe now in the context of in the context of Les Miserables, so I can't unsee him now. It's that. I only think of him as Zeus from Thor: Love and Thunder now. Oh, that's so true. He's so good as Zeus. Just like a slightly effeminate Greek guy. <laughs> yeah, I I think the thing with Russell Crowe too is like there's like like. 
Hugh Jackman will keep playing Wolverine until he can't anymore. There's mm-hmm. no chance Russell Crowe still would have been playing Wolverine, or oh. or we would have gotten Fat Wolverine, which would have been amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, like, my God. like Fat Thor. It would have been great. Yes. Would have yeah. All about it. You mean Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> so they get in the fight. They leave the bar, and um, he says no to Rogue riding with him. She sneaks into the back of his camper, and then. I got to say him smoking a stogie in a camper with a teenager with the windows rolled up is maybe <laughs> maybe the most irresponsible thing that happens in the whole movie. <laughs> Just chain smoking a cigar around a kid. He's also like kind of sweet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's a he's a nice yeah. Wolverine in this because I feel like Wolverine from the comic books probably at this point would have probably just left her on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> and he like stops. He's like, okay, get in or whatever. And uh, yeah, I I was trying to figure out what food does he give her in the glove box? It's like a bar of some kind. It looked like a bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, does this, does this Wolverine just pound Nutrigrain bars? <laughs> <laughs> this. Well, yeah, he saw his muscles. He, yeah, he he's his... like nutrition, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I love the line of dialogue in this thing. It's like one of my favorite in all comic book movies. When she asks him, uh, "When your claws come out, does it hurt?" and he says, "Every time." That's yeah and that's just such a great thing that i never thought of before of like he has to hurt himself to hurt other people mm-hmm. that's something that stuck with me that i remembered that's like one of the few quotes that i remembered from the movie every like mm-hmm. every time yeah it's so mm-hmm. good and they also it's not like the way they act it they play it really well it's not like cheesy or anything because it that yeah. could be a cheesy line i feel mm-hmm. like if it's acted wrong but they did it great yeah it was good yeah and what then she you goes, do? you should wear a seatbelt. And immediately he hits a tree. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm fine. I love hits that. The head, the, the head gash, like uh-huh. filling in though. It still looked pretty good. Like for yeah, all these years later, like that was great. I also like the shot where Sabretooth's there, but behind him, you see Storm and Cyclops for the first time. And it's just like their silhouettes kind of. I mm-hmm. thought that was like a really cool shot. Yeah. And uh, of course, Wolverine Stogie lights the camper on fire. Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine is basically the old man in Christmas Vacation in this scene. <laughs> Does he smoke again after that scene? I don't remember him smoking again. Maybe he was like he just had a Not quiet a moment where he was like, "Oh, I did blow I up my camper." Was on a motorcycle. <laughs> is he smoking a cigar on the motorcycle as he's driving away at the end? I thought he was. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Mm. I don't remember. No, maybe you're right. Maybe this that, that might be another PSA moment where the like smoking will light your camper on fire. You can't do it. And then all those Canadian people watching the movie were like, he's right. He's really right. <laughs> maybe they had to like uh, put in like all sorts of like public service announcements just to get like Canadian funding or something like that for this movie. Like this that is. Uh... I have to say this about Sabretooth because I like. The saber tooth just makes bear growls constantly. They just use the same mm-hmm. bear growl noise all the time whenever he opens his mouth. But I don't like that he's dressed like he's in a rockabilly band. Like it really bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my. <laughs> How does Sabretooth knock out Wolverine with a tackle? That's what I want to <laughs> he's out cold for, I guess, uh, eight hours, however long it takes to get back to the X Mansion. Yeah. Gosh, there's some costume things in this that, like, like, uh, I'll get to it later. I'll wait until we get to the point where Magneto puts his costume on for the full time because he it looks terrible to me. Yeah. I can't expect <laughs> costume. 
Yeah, I did like the choice that Wolverine is or Sabretooth is just kind of a non-speaking grunting idiot yeah he is he's like an oaf he's a big oaf in the movie but i gotta say the one thing of x-men origins wolverine got right was that Sabretooth, as uh liam shriver um the character in the comics is such a dirtbag piece of shit and he loves to get into wolverine's head so making him it's kind of like making deadpool have his mouth sewn shut it's yeah. just it's like they did the opposite with those two. Like, how about we fix Sabretooth and fuck up Deadpool? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Because he just kind of grabs his dog tags in the X-Men movie to show that there's some sort of connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But then they he never says a word. So it's like you don't know what the rest – it's kind of hinted at. I think part of me wonders if Brian Singer was like, we'll get to that next two. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's fine. Also, the guy that played Sabretooth, um, he was a, a wrestler. He was a, a jobber wrestler. In WCW back in the days, like there's all these videos of him like fighting Sting and uh, teaming with uh, Kevin Nash and things like that. So like he probably wasn't, you know, you need a seven foot guy. There's not a lot of guys that could like, you know, carry weighty dialogue. So I guess they just focused on that, too. Yeah, you know, they're just like, hey, we just need you to be a big guy. And he's like, all right, cool. (laughs) I got that. (laughs) I got to say, there's a soft spot in my heart for Halle Berry as Storm. I really like yes. Storm. I kind yeah. of was sad that they re- like she was kind of well, I guess when they went back in time to do first class, it was kind of like they recasted it, obviously. But mm-hmm. she's to me, she's my favorite Storm in the movies. Halle Berry. I did notice this time that she occasionally some scenes decides to use a little bit of an accent and then just completely drops it and then she just talks it's like they it was like when they first started filming she's like oh she's african okay i'll do like a, a little african lilt and then just abandon it pretty quickly because she realized she couldn't do it or something <laughs> that's funny uh then we cut to after this scene after the magneto or the uh, cyclops storm rescue we cut to magneto's lair and uh, I wanted to ask you guys, where do you think Magneto got the money for a lair? I wrote in my thing, is this just the era in superhero movies where all villains have a lair and we don't have to justify it because it looks yeah. like shit. <laughs> it looks like he's in a sewer. <laughs> it's, what yeah. it looks like. it's like a wet cave. Yeah. Lair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could have just like gone to a junkyard and stolen a bunch of metal and like bibbity bobbity booed it and like turned it into that thing. So yeah. maybe he made it on the cheap, you know? That's true. He yeah, could have stolen it all. It's fine. Because he does just bend the gates open and closed when he wants to go somewhere. Yeah. So that's true. <laughs> or maybe did... he just stole coins, like, because he could attract them. So that's why he's like kind of on a budget. Like, just all sacking your weird dollars paying for everything. <laughs> just mag- like, cut the Magneto at Coinstar. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like floating with his arms folded, like, just watching him. <laughs> Instead of it all clanking down, he's just guiding each one through the slot really quickly because he's got so many of them. Just like, <laughs> please wait while we catch up on counting god damn it not again. like it's at a grocery store like charles is in the Seth checkout lane like like, like just staring at him like eric <laughs> no i'm someone else go away charles eric if you need money that badly you can ask me i <laughs> i don't need a handout charles <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'm doing it. And he puts the helmet on. He's like, you can't know what's in here. He's so angry. Here's another question I have for you guys. Why does Trump, Why does uh, Toad have a Trump tan? 
dude. I wrote in here orange for no reason. This is including what the senator becomes. To me, Toad is the grossest looking X Men in any movie of all time. He looks disgusting. And when he shoots that like Loogie (laughs) Jean Grey. Oh, Oh, so gross. It's so disgusting. I hate it. I hate it so much. Like she needs help getting it off of her face. That's amazing. The gross Ray Park, so that's Darth Maul too, isn't it? It is Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah. that's That's why in the scene later he kicks Storm down the elevator shaft, and there's a big lead pipe. He picks it up and does like a Darth Maul. Oh yeah, uh, throw around with it. (laughs) Good old baton twirl. Yes, (laughs) he was also in the color guard. It is funny to me that Magneto is one of the top five most powerful mutants who could single-handedly destroy the world with just his powers, and he uses him to make a metal ball pendulum on his desk with no wires. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. He was was like walking past the sharper image one day, and he was just like, someday. (laughs) Back to your point about there's always a reason for everything. This is the first time watching the movie that I realized that Storm and Cyclops were there to save them because Charles read Magneto's mind and knew what his plan was. Yeah. Hmm. Well, at this point, too, we haven't like we haven't seen Cerebro yet at this point, but Mm -hmm. we know it exists later. That kind of justifies it for us later on. Yeah. Realistically, that means he could just find anyone because he's got Cerebro. Mm -hmm. Until they put that weird green goo in it. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He gooed Cerebro. Oh, no. That's a Cerebro goo. (laughs) By the way, Mystique does so much more than Magneto in this movie. She does, like, everything. She Mm -hmm. infiltrates the X-Men mansion. She flies a helicopter. She pretends to be the uh, the senator. Like, she does so much in this movie. She's really carrying the weight of the Brotherhood of Mutants, I think. Mystique for president, 2024. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She really does everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we cut to the X-Mansion, and Jean is a shitty, horny doctor in this scene. <laughs> She's just touching him, no gloves, just, like, rubbing his his arms. I'm like, what are you, are you going to... Are you gonna flick at your bean after this, Gene? You just you can't just you can't just go in there and raw dog Wolverine while he's laying on a table. You know you got to put gloves on. <laughs> no one. I mean, well, I can think of a lot of women that want to raw dog Hugh Jackman, probably, but in this context, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I always thought like Wolverine is kind of a dirtbag for constantly hitting on her, but also like she does put it out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. She is flirting back with him like hardcore. Oh, this is something we didn't talk about. I love this is a really I love that they did the points in Wolverine's hair. Sometimes it's more pointier than others, yeah. but they yes. do it in the movie. And I'm like, thank you for giving him the ridiculous haircut that we all wanted in this movie. <laughs> that makes me it's just a little detail that I'm like, I think that's like kind of a nod to the comic book people, you know? Uh-huh. And I like that. Sorry. We can go back to talking about Jean Grey's horniness now. I just thought yeah, about that. You, I mean, you were talking about you're just talking about rubbing Hugh Jackman's shoulders, and I just thought of his hair. <laughs> I just the nerd in me i love the x door if i ever become a millionaire i want to put an x door in my house i think this is 
to me, like still better looking than some of the newer movies too, of what the X-Men like lower floors looks like at the mansion. Like mm-hmm. this looks like this yes. is perfect. They nailed it in this movie. Yeah, that whole time, like I was going through there and I was just like, could you really improve on this set design? Like, I guess you could do it differently, but I don't know if you could improve on it. It's awesome. Everything mm-hmm. looks so good. Do they, I forget, do they bring the danger room into the other movies? In the third one, they do, because they, they do. fight Sentinels in it. That's right. Okay, because I was like, that's the only thing to me. If they included the danger room somehow in this movie, I would have been stoked. But Well, I, I read that Josh Sweden did a pass on the script, and he put a big danger room scene in it. And um, because of production, uh, they the studio was also producing Minority Report at the same time, which was going to come out in december when this was supposed to come out and they moved it up to a summer blockbuster so they had to cut some stuff and like switch the whole production around to Aww. to put it out six months earlier danger hmm. room is a cool thing from a comic book that I, like i i it's yes. like when I, I associate with the x-men all the time like i can't get over it mm-hmm. also a great comic book shop in olympia is called the danger room and that's a great name for a comic book shop also that is a great <laughs> yes name. it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i like the part that that xavier leads uh wolverine into his office without really controlling him just with like the whispers and and just being his head like over here oh yeah (laughs) also he gets so scared about being in an elevator like that was maybe Uh left the way he's like (gasps) he's like i'm in an elevator (laughs) (laughs) i i really like the scene where um you know he comes out and like he grabs like the the you know xavier school hoodie and then he throws it on. You see him in the next scene. He's just like walking around. I would have loved it if they pulled back and he just wasn't wearing any pants. Like it was just hoodie <laughs> and just ass. Just, just Porky in his way through there. Yes. <laughs> Porky pigging it through the X-Mansion. Charles is like, everyone look away from Wolverine's dong. <laughs> Stop looking at Wolverine's hog, Storm. <laughs> Focus on the mission. Gene, stop overpowering me so you can look at his dog. Gene, stop using your telekinesis to tug on it so it gets hard. <laughs> and Scott's just like, what? <laughs> there is one um, problem I have with this because there were two retcons of this time frame. So I get that it's a little convoluted, but Wolverine can possibly not remember who Sabretooth is because of his brain damage. But Sabretooth should know who Wolverine is. And throughout the movie, he is not that invested in like getting to Wolverine and messing with him. He's just like doing whatever Magneto tells him to do. He just like takes the dog tags and that's the only connection that we have. Yeah, that's true. I mean, again, I I wonder if that was just because they were like, well, we don't have him saying any lines, so we're not even going to go into this. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't like. I kind of would have liked. I agree. with. I would have liked more from Sabretooth for that. There is a scene <laughs> where Cyclops is blocking the door and uh, Wolverine grabs him to intimidate him, but he grabs him the way Ace Ventura grabs people. <laughs> it's, just, it's an over-the-top, like, pulling him towards yeah. him. <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah, um, the, the, all the, like, Wolverine versus Cyclops stuff is kind of like, I could kind of take it or leave it the longer mm-hmm. I look at it. You yeah. know, I guess they have to have the beginning stuff in there so they could do the jokes later <laughs> about it. But <laughs> it was just kind of it was over the top, I, I think. Um, and then the X class scene. So they show Kitty leaving his office. It's a different Kitty than Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. And then 
the next scene they have pyro which is also a different pyro than in x2 and x3 uh, and i just wrote who's this toehead <laughs> i love how bobby's such a prankster with his ice thing on the ice which doesn't make sense because the fire wouldn't become the shape of the ice that right yeah i'm confused mm-hmm. by that whole scene but it's just bobby being a prankster you know little I, ice man. I think that's how ice works and i think we're good okay we're okay okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you, you make freeze yeah. a ball of ice and gas a ball yeah. of fire and gas and they're like <laughs> And just make it into all nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, look yeah, at me yeah. like getting mad about the realism of a comic book movie. Oh, no. <laughs> I, like I always the... like that that Pyro uh, can control fire, but he can't create it. He yeah, has to, there has to be like yeah. A, well, a that's his source. suit. Didn't his suit have like flamethrowers coming out like in the comics? Yeah. So he could like fire, and then he was controlling it. I uh-huh. like the scene where they're introing the whole school, like when he's explaining it to Wolverine, but because mm-hmm. the background music sounds like every nineties educational video you would watch in school. It has this like <laughs> shiny kind of thing to it where you're like, Oh yeah, it felt like I was watching a video for like, look at the new rides at Epcot center. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next scene, we, they show Senator Kelly come up in a limo and now senators have secret service. I know that, but I, they don't have a two motorcycle cop motorcade in a limo to drive them around right they're not like it's not like the president it's just a fucking senator yeah that's true like joe biden rode the train for 47 years <laughs> they, they didn't have like a two cops driving in front of the train on motorcycles <laughs> that would have been really <laughs> cool though like an action movie i get you know i kind of get the feeling that they like the mutant registration act was like such a hot button issue that like maybe they're like all right we got to get this guy way more protection you know because Mm -hmm. i mean obviously people did want to kidnap him and do horrible things to him so (laughs) (laughs) whatever they gave him it wasn't enough so (laughs) what's crazy to me is so the world the public then knows there are people with superpowers right now and Mm -hmm. that's not like the thing that everyone's talking about constantly all the time right yeah yeah like oh there's a kid there's a girl that can walk through walls and we're just all gonna keep all right, time to clock into the office. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's like when we watched Edge of Tomorrow, that there was it was a, a massive alien invasion, a war that we were losing, and they still had like MSNBC and they were just in Fox News. <laughs> like Capitalism sleeps for no one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then the mystique is in the limo, and that's such a a great special effect. I love that she has like scales that flip when she turns yeah, into something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool. But I was watching it this time and I thought, does Mi- does Mystique shapeshift her, her vagina out when she's just her naked form? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, probably for the kids. Probably, barefoot. probably for yeah. the kids, you know. Just- yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like she flips away her butt crack too, right? So yeah. yeah, she has no her- she has no butt crack in the yeah. inner suit like it's a yeah it's a weird it's a weird vibe i feel like they go way hornier with it in the newer x-men movies too with <laughs> jennifer yeah. lawrence they're like yeah, really uh-huh. going hard on it whereas this yeah. one they're like i mean kids are gonna watch this movie rebecca romaine put this stuff on okay <laughs> you can't like, <laughs> cover up that crack yeah. uh i read that she did six hours of makeup every single day for this i had to be so grueling so yeah just the amount of sitting there 
had to be so. And it's not like she was in a lot of really extended scenes, you know? I mean, she had the big fight scene and then a couple other scenes too. But could you imagine that? Just like six hours in the chair, just to be in the background and go like, yeah, in one scene. (laughs) Okay. I was going to ask this. Is she like banging Magneto? Because it's kind of like implied, right? She's like, like picks him up and is all like loving him and stuff like that. I'm like, is she banging this old guy? Is that what's happening Mm -hmm. right now? That's that's how I always took it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know. Also, I read in the trivia that this is the only movie where Magneto doesn't or Mystique doesn't have her like person form. Oh yeah. As Rebecca remains Stamos without the makeup. Oh. Okay. And every other movie, there's like Jennifer Lawrence or Rebecca Romaine shows up as just themselves for a scene or two. Doesn't she try to like flirt with Wolverine in the second one? Yeah. Yeah. And there's that scene in, um, I think it's First Class or Days of Future, Future Past when Mystique tries to have sex with Wolverine and she flips back into Rebecca Remains Deimos when it's Jennifer Lawrence playing her. Oh, like, that's funny. Really? Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, then we cut back to the X-Mansion again. And I love Wolverine's dad bod in this. He's not like the super cut one he is. He still looks really good, but his physique, it's just like a little doughier. I mean, there's all those Nutri-Grain bars, you know? He's, yeah. not, he's got a lot of carbs in there. He's not really toned up. He's just got like beefy dad muscles now. Like, yeah. Or like... Because <laughs> he gets pretty ripped in some of the other movies, though, if I remember yeah. correctly. Like he gets like, you're like, okay, you've been hitting the gym, Hugh. Okay, we can tell. But in this one, yeah, it's because I wonder if that's because of the last minute nature, like you said, of his casting, that he didn't really like train at all for it. He's just like, all right, I got to do this movie now. I'm going to be Wolverine. (laughs) Could be. I I read that Hugh Jackman, to get into character every morning, he would take ice baths and he would take them in the bathroom uh, connected to his bedroom. So his wife would still be sleeping. And just the fact that he had to grit his teeth and not scream made him get into character for Wolverine because he just felt so angry but couldn't express it. And that's how Wolverine feels all the time. <laughs> he must have been a treat to be married to at that yeah. time. <laughs> Ice baths and repressed rage. That just sounds like a... <laughs> <laughs> well he was probably also like singing musicals all day at home <laughs> yeah it's weird like he comes home and just starts singing the music man or some shit <laughs> he just walks in in full wolverine costume like she's your shapoopy <laughs> like... i find that so funny that he like plays wolverine and then he does like the greatest showman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this whole part of the movie, it's just them cutting between the X-Mansion, Magneto's Lair, and uh, we cut back to Magneto's Lair. I want to know what's grosser to you guys. Toad eating the bird or Toad's two earrings in the same ear? Two earrings in the same ear. Hands <laughs> earrings. Yeah. yeah, eating the bird, that's just how he eats. You know, I'm not going to judge a guy for how he eats, but the two earrings, get out of here. You got to spread that. You got to balance that out, man. You can't do both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> I forget why he does this, but Senator Kelly, they asked him something and he goes, blah. Oh, it's when he sees was, Toad. Yeah, when he ate oh, the bird. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's then like, he goes, he like, blah. He like the over most, the top throws the worst up. Acting in the whole movie. And he's great <laughs> in every other scene, but just it's so over the top. Like, they're like, blah. Like, hey, Senator Kelly, could you give us a bl- your best blah in this scene for us? <laughs> <laughs> Even if he just like grimaced, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would be better. 
Yeah. And um, this isn't the one I was talking about, but the the effect on Magneto's growl face when he's using the mutation machine was oh, yeah. not great. Not great. It's not yeah. a great one. It is not the worst one. We The, worst, the worst one, one, if we're thinking of all the same one, it's at the end of the movie. That's that's the one that I'm thinking of, too. In a fight scene. Yes. Okay. That's the yes. one I'm thinking of. Oh, I was thinking of um, the beach scene where he turns turns gelatinous. And That's back also to... bad, but the the one to me that looks the worst. Do we just want to talk about it right now? Should we just get yeah. to it? I feel like is, we have to. Yeah. Is at the end of the movie when he gets pushed off of the head of the Statue of Liberty and Wolverine puts his claws into the crown and does a full circle around it, but it is so obviously CGI and it's like this uncanny valley Wolverine body. It doesn't look good. It just looks really gross. It's just... It looks wrong is how I would describe I, it. I was talking about one from that scene, but not that. The part where Sabretooth picks him up and throws him, and it's like Wolverine goes like, Ooh, like just floats over. <laughs> <laughs> so we, have, we all have three separate <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah, the thing with him like riding the thing around with his claws doesn't make sense. And also it just looks like so bad. Like it doesn't look like a human body. It's like contorted all weird. It looks it's a really so funny because that didn't even register to me. I actually like really? that scene. <laughs> I just thought it looked so weird to me. Um, <laughs> Jelly Body though is also bad. I mean Jelly Body is so bad, and I read that it took special effects people 36 hours per frame to make that. Oh my gosh. Imagine wow. Spending so much time on that and then yeah. it just looks like that in the end. It just looked like <laughs> But at the time they're probably like we fucking nailed it, man. Yeah, we, we nailed it. it. <laughs> yeah, move over Terminator 2. We got this morph technology yeah, down. Yeah, can't wait to get like a new job at Industrial Light and Magic after this. Fucking crush. That's so funny. We all have three different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and what's funny is you could also argue that the scene where he dies and becomes water, the uh-huh. cut from CGI to practical water is so bad. That is that really bad. It, you yeah. can just tell exactly the moment it changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? It doesn't throw me out of the movie still. It just was like, that eh, looks yeah. bad, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Did they have a lower budget on this movie than like, like Spider-Man or the other ones or that because there were certain things about it that just made it kind of feel like they're holding back a little bit. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the fight scenes were tight. It wasn't like big, crazy over the top superhero stuff like they have in other movies. I think that was because they had to rush production six months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because they, it, the, the budget was 75 million, which is a lot smaller now, but then, I mean, I think the first Spider-Man was probably only a hundred million. Okay. Have you guys special done effects Spider-Man? in this one look way better than the first Spider-Man. I'll say yeah. Definitely, yeah. Have you, have you guys <laughs> done the first Spider-Mans before. yet? The Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans? Have you covered those yet? Just the um, first one. Yeah, just, just first. the first one. Second one, though, with Macy Gray shows up. Oh, man, that was a huge pop culture moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Macy Gray, a short, beautiful moment in time of music. <laughs> I try to be Spider-Man, but I'm poor. <laughs> No, she is in the first one. She's the, yeah. uh, yeah, she the shows unity. up in the, yeah, the world the world unity festival. <laughs> Wait, that's the first one. You know, yeah. That that famous New York tradition, the World Unity Festival. Oh my gosh. My favorite is the uh, <laughs> the song, the hero song with Chad Kroger from Nickelback and the lead singer of Saliva. Yeah. And when the new metal craze was going around and they're like, We need a real epic song for this movie. Gosh. 
that that movie is such a great or that song is such a great earworm though like if you just it go is. up to anyone who has ever heard it and go and they, they say, say it, then <laughs> everyone will finish it <laughs> i don't know if i said this on the on the episode we did but i in in high school whenever i would play drinking games with my friends and like we needed like on beer pong to like sink the last cup i would walk up and start singing that song and go and they say and then throw it <laughs> and either sink it and look like a hero or miss it and like it's just really funny <laughs> yeah. i love that i love that <laughs> Oh man, yeah. X- okay, X Men. Sorry. <laughs> I love the Wolverine Rogue scene where he's having a nightmare and she tries to wake him up. And oh, it's so him. good. That's and so good. Yeah. The pitiful way he says "help me" when he stabs her. Yeah. It's like such good acting because he's been alone for so long that his first reaction isn't "help her," it's "help me." Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, that seems really good. And then he, she but, like heals out of him. And the mystique, the the thing I forgot in this movie was the next scene with Mystique and Bob playing pretending to be Bobby, mm-hmm. and like convincing her to leave. I'm like, oh, this again makes sense. Everything in this movie makes sense as far as like story beats go. It's so good. Also, a cool little thing I read they did for special effects for Bobby. Anytime Bobby talks, he has like a breath vapors come out. Oh yeah, because he's because of his cold ice powers. Wow, ice that's awesome. Yeah. Oh wow. I wrote in my notes, I forgot that they turned Senator Kelly into a goo monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's more goo now than man. <laughs> yeah, he, he he really, like, the scene when he pops out of the bars and uh-huh. the way his eyes, like, move to the side, I laugh every yeah. time. It's really it funny. <laughs> it's like one of those little, like, squeeze toys where the eyes bulge out. It looks yes. like that. It's yes. really good. I laugh really hard when Sabretooth accidentally dropped him. Oh, his, like, his goo wrist was just sliding. And he's, he's like, like stretch arm strong his way down. Yeah. The and way then Magneto like, just locked him in there as his punishment. Yeah. That's like a word. The way he looks back at Magneto to see if he saw him drop him and then looks down like, maybe I can save him. It's, it's so funny. It's really good. And then he has to go back and be like, I dropped him. <laughs> and then, yeah, the senator washes up on the beach and just comes out turns from goo to human and there's just a little boy there and i just thought another story of a senator exposing himself to a boy on a beach <laughs> i took it as like okay the first time these kids are gonna see a full adult naked man body is a blob monster also <laughs> that's gonna scar you for life sexually <laughs> this is the first time i realized that magneto's island is close enough to ellis island to affect the world unity center oh yeah because they show, and then they show the beach where Senator Kelly walks up to, and it looks like a tropical beach with like cliffs and stuff. But it's supposed to be like a New York beach, but there's like mountains and cliffs in the background. Yeah, geographically, a, wait, that's supposed to be a New York beach, like, like really? I would or... so. If 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 Magneto's Island is close enough to Ellis Island, it would be off the coast of New York, wouldn't it? I mean. Yes. Unless it moves around. He does have the boat. Oh, you know what? I think they take the mutation machine on a boat to Ellis Island later. They yes. do that. Yeah. Okay. But I it still would be that. like in the area. 
It would still yeah, be I in mean, New York. Enough for a boat drive. Yeah, the beach wouldn't make sense. You're right. Yeah. The beach is kind of like, what is this? Because they're also all like in swimming gear. It's a sunny day. They're like playing. It's like, this is a New York beach, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it would have been a New York beach, someone would be like, God damn, look at that dude's dick. Like, <laughs> 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 or there would have been like some big Italian guy like, my kids are here, like tackling him and like throwing a blanket over you his gotta dick. You got to show like, your so. dick to my kids. <laughs> the Gabagool. I don't know. He's going to say Gabagool at some point. I'm their father. If they're going to see your dick, it's going to be mine. All right. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh, we we reference it, but the Mystique turns um, into Bobby Drake and then causes Rogue to to leave because she tells her that everyone's mad at her. <laughs> hey, everyone hates you. Just so you know, yeah, everyone hates you. <laughs> so you never heard the mutants. Everyone hates you. I love that part of Magneto's master plan was to cause drama between two teens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's, he's like explaining to Mystique, like, what you want you to do is make one of those little cootie catcher things that like says like different things and I'll have every answer be leave the school. <laughs> like like Magneto's like laying on his bed and he's got like a like a like a really like bright neon colored bedspread and he's like talking on the phone and he's like twisting the cord like with his feet kicked up. <laughs> he's like, I heard Kitty and Pyro are a thing. Ooh. <laughs> Hope Colossus doesn't find out. <laughs> Scandalous. I'll get Rogue out of there, and then Bobby will be mine. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, I saw one time, like, the X-Men um, family tree. You can look it up online. It's, like, a big picture, and it's just... It is so convoluted, like, because everyone hooked up with everyone. And, like, like Mystique and Sabretooth had kids. Mystique and, like, four other people have kids. Rogue is Mystique's daughter. Uh, Nightcrawler is Mystique's son. Like, it's so crazy to just look at. just sounds to me like Mystique got around. You know what I mean? She, oh, she got around <laughs> with no vagina somehow. <laughs> or butt. <laughs> no vagina or butt. <laughs> what if she has to morph to poop? <laughs> <laughs> she has to mutate to poop. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cody. No, I got no. I'm just trying to think of who she has to morph into to poop. (laughs) I was just picturing like Senator Kelly just to embarrass him. (laughs) So we get our shot of Cerebro here for the first time. And um, Gene can't use it, Charles said. Do you think when he told her that she can't use it, he said Cerebros before (laughs) Cerehos? It probably yes. is. Yes, yes, he definitely said that. And then he looked at Scott and winked. <laughs> Scott was like, I'm winking back. You just can't tell. Yeah, <laughs> with my, by the way, I, I get they're going for the comic book look, but his visor makes me look like just a fucking dork. Like, it's just so like in the train station when he's wearing the visor and the kid like laughs at him like that kid should laugh at him. He looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Does it was really the... cute. Um, oh, that that scene that you're talking about was improvised um, because that kid was an extra who loved the X Men and his favorite was Cyclops, and so every time they cut to him, he would just smile and look up at Cyclops, and it wasn't they were supposed to be afraid of him, and so James Marsden finally just like smiled back at him, and then they're like, "Yeah, that's like a really cute part of the movie," so they just yeah. left it in. That's Aww. nice. Yeah. 
I feel like but yeah, his visor it. is too bulky too. It, I feel yeah, like the, it's the sides. It looks like he's wearing headphones. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. just slimmed it down. But did he? Did he have to do the clicky thing on the side in the comics too? I don't remember that. Like, I think in the it kind of yeah. changes because I think mm-hmm. in the early ones he did it in the in the Jim Lee show. He did it. He would be like yeah. he would like click on the side of it to turn it on because isn't the whole point is he can't control it. It's always on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wears the visor and then he just opens it up by pressing the button. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird having a superpower where it's like laser beam shoot out of your eyes, but like your right hand also has to be free at all times. Like you can't, be, <laughs> yeah. you can't be like holding two cups of coffee and use your powers. Like you have to <laughs> you gotta, against your chest, you know, like just <laughs> he, he like yells at Gene constantly. He's like, you know, my right hand always has to be free, Gene. Okay. I can't carry both grocery bags in. What if I'm needed? <laughs> It's also funny to me that I think I bring this up later in the notes, but there's a sh- point where he needs to shoot something and he goes, let me aim. And I'm like, aim, it's your eyes. You're just looking. What are you talking about? Hold on. How, I gotta... could, he ever, how could he ever miss? He's looking at what he's shooting. It's so true. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, love, I would love it if one of those was like, oh, just look at it. You got to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny for Wolverine to make fun of them in that moment yeah <laughs> like like in the early days like cyclops is like just shooting his beams at hot butts you know, like, oh yeah oh, oh yeah. god oh, no. No. So sorry so sorry about that i did love logan stealing cyclops's motorcycle it's like uh oh such yeah a great thing between them two and then when he hits that is like a cheesy part when he hits the the turbo boost and was like whoa and his face (laughs) (laughs) he's also never been down these roads before he should have died like (laughs) instantly that's the thing that okay we got to go back a second because scott summers they bring it up multiple times that scott pulled him from the burning truck and saved his life he's fucking wolverine he wouldn't have died in the comic books he gets nuked down to his skeleton and regenerates back like he's gonna be fine um yeah yeah and then this is where we get the shot i wrote oh no mystique flooded cerebro with diarrhea (laughs) (laughs) now xavier's gonna have shit for brains Magneto's like, there's only one thing we can put in Cerebro to stop it. That's baby diarrhea. <laughs> also, did you hear who's Bobby's dating right now? <laughs> and he's just reading Teen Vogue in the corner. <laughs> I love this idea that Magneto is like really into high school drama at the school and keeps up to it. Yes. <laughs> he has a bunch of fake AOL in semester towns. He's trying to get a hold of people there. <laughs> we need to start a rumor that. Oh. Aurora's butt is getting too big. <laughs> Magneto's like the ultimate mean girl. Yeah. <laughs> then we get to the, the train station fight. Man, Sabretooth smashing Storm's head into the glass so hard it splinters was, I was like, damn, that is brutal yeah like that kind of that was like the most violent part of the movie up to that point and what's crazy in the later scenes she has the marks from his hand around her neck Mm -hmm. like when the um the senator dies on the lab table she's got like three marks on the side of her neck still like they kept the continuity going of him like choking her so hard that it bruised her neck 
pretty 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 dark for a children's movie yeah <laughs> technically i also thought like i was kind of surprised that it was really smart of toad toad in this is like he's kind of diabolical more in the comics he's just like a, a clumsy buffoon like a bad goon who fucks things up all the time but for him to be smart enough to note that he can take off Cyclops's glasses, so then the whole train station sees Cyclops fucking up the train station, not the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the X-Men are thought of publicly as the bad guys there for a second. But then was, he yeah, opens or... up the roof, which says Storm use your powers. So it's like, yeah. he did make a goof, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he did goof. <laughs> Fuck Toad. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, really... <laughs> <laughs> i did have a problem with this and cody i think you're uh you could back me up it's kind of like your point in the beach scene but i wrote so a train full of new yorkers just let a six-year-old man take a 15-year-old girl and they didn't try to fight back at all um yeah that they would have let him do They'd be like, <laughs> yeah. not my business yeah. Steve whipping out his dick on a beach, you know what I'm saying? It's all right. Maybe yeah, he knew him. Where's Joey that, Diaz from Spider-Man 2? That's, 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 that southern girl with her weird Jewish grandpa. It's all right, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the costume reveal where it's like, it looks so... Sh- Magneto's costume looks like an old man dressed up as Magneto. Like, it doesn't look good. It's like too tailored and too ironed. It's not red. It's like this, like dull burgundy color it's yeah. like is this your it like christmas like formals <laughs> what is this? Yeah. it looks like what ian mckellen would wear going to like a ball <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here comes grandpa magneto coming out here i know he's like old but he's cool in the comics he's like uh-huh. oh i was gonna yeah. talk about because i referenced it have you guys seen so people took the scene from spider-man 2 with joey diaz but they inserted like crazy shit he said on his podcast (laughs) so instead of saying like uh, like we're protecting you spider-man he says like uh you ever take a shit so big your balls hurt (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny that's so good (laughs) yeah oh so we're like skipping a bunch of parts but that was so great in the train when um Magneto rips it apart, and then Wolverine's like, "What do you want from me?" And he's like, "Whoever said I wanted you?" Oh yeah, yeah, it's such a good. I remember in the first time I watched it, so I was like, "Ooh, twist, twist, yeah." <laughs> but um, Magneto lifting the cop cars and smashing them down is such a great. It's like an iconic superhero movie scene. Oh, and then twisting the guns and putting the guns on the cops and the bullet yeah. in the brain that he's like, I don't think I can uh-huh. stop them all. You're like, oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> that was such a great line. Oh, oh my God. yeah. And then Sabretooth grabbing his throat and like Toad, like, so, you know, Xavier's there. It's just such a cool moment. It's very tense. Yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. The one cop with like the bullet, like spinning and like grinding. And he's like, oh, <laughs> can't do anything about it. <laughs> There was a funny, there was something that, that stood out to me I thought was funny was why is Toad carrying Rogue? He is the weakest member of the Brotherhood. Like Sabretooth could easily just throw her on his shoulder. Magneto could like use his powers with the iron in her blood or something. But they just choose like the weakest guy to be like, Ugh, fuck, I got this baby. He's like, oh, I'm going to work out as much. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird choice. It is a weird <laughs> yeah. choice. Why did they do that? Probably because also, they don't want Toad choking out Magneto. That doesn't also seem very yeah. scary. <laughs> also, when they throw... know, like his, his tongue like wrapped around him a couple times, that would have been like kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Also, when when he throws 
her in the body bag into the helicopter. I rewound this like four times because the first time I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, that can't be right. So he has it on the shoulder and then he drops it and lets it swing into the thing. And when he does that, you can clearly tell that it's empty. <laughs> so, so just like the physics of it, like I was like, that doesn't make sense at all. And then I was like, yeah, it's just an empty body bag he's carrying around. <laughs> Oh, you know, I I realized we missed it because of the helicopter thing, the helicopter scene with the senator, where mm-hmm. the senator's in the helicopter, and you have the weird mystique foot fighting. Did you guys notice that? It's like something. She's got really powerful it like, was calves and me. feet. It's she like- was just like, it was all feet fighting for like solid 20 seconds. You're like, what is this? It was like you're fighting your little sister. Like it was yeah. like- <laughs> Just all kickies all the time. <laughs> I didn't notice the bag thing though. Now I got to go back and watch it again to see. It's just clearly empty. <laughs> yeah, it's when I saw it, I was like, "Oh man, that's a big fuck up." Yeah, you know what? Movie's horrible. It's ruined now. Let's stop the podcast. Yep. I, I wrote down that I thought Senator Kelly thinking he's a mutant is like a white kid from the suburbs who likes rap thinking he's black. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a mutant. You're just mutated. You're a freak. <laughs> you don't have the X gene. You just got you just got exposed to radiation and it fucked up your body. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that to me might be the biggest flaw with the movie is that Magneto doesn't realize it kills people. But then does Magneto care that it kills people is the other. No, I don't think he cares. Is that what they're going for? Because like the the point Professor X is like, he doesn't know it doesn't work. It's like he doesn't know it kills people. And I'm like, well, would he care? I don't know. It just seems kind of like. He's absolutely not going to stop. He's He's not going to stop. He's going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. Because I was just like. I like to think that Magneto would have experimented a little more than just on one song, the Senator mm-hmm. a couple of mice, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the first episode we did, and we never released that we should is the X-Men, the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And I talked about in that is that Wolverine being afraid of flying is so funny to me because he's indestructible, <laughs> but he like gets on a plane. He's like, Oh, <laughs> really anxious. Yeah. <laughs> and then the classic line of like him, like making fun of their suits and they go, oh, would yeah. you prefer yellow spandex? That was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that nod to it. I also feel like I got, um, with the music, it, it feels like it's about to go into the Jim Lee X-Men theme and it never does. Mm-hmm. It really, yeah. it really bothers me. Cause I'm like, can you just do it? Like, I know you don't have the rights yeah. to it. But can you just go into it, please? Like, you're so close. <laughs> that was so great in Doctor Strange 2 when they show Professor X in the Jim Lee wheelchair and mm-hmm. then they they just did the little sting of like Yeah, so good. Such a great cameo. The Blackbird looks great too. Yeah, it yeah. does. Special effects wise it looks cool. Also um there's a easter egg in I think Iron Man 2. There's a a screen behind Tony at one point and you see the blackbird on it like spinning around oh like wow. he helped them make it huh. yeah oh like either help make it or like doing research on other superheroes hmm. that's cool yeah. yeah how'd they get that past fox <laughs> or or sony no it would have been sony right because sony owns the rights to no uh, fox though. Fox, fox. Yeah. sony yeah. owns spider-man Spider-Man, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. They can get a, they could get that past Fox without Fox being upset about it. I guess it uh, is funny that the whole reason that Disney owns Fox is because the president's son liked Deadpool, 
And so he's just like, oh, just buy the whole company. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just completely save the MCU by putting the X-Men in it uh, on a whim because my grandson thinks Deadpool's neat. (laughs) My grandson likes this swearing, like, fourth wall breaking murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine if Sony had bought the X-Men too? Like, they bought Spider-Man and we're getting a bazillion spin-off movies that nobody wants at all how many would they come up with like one for each x-men character like moira would get her own movie <laughs> like oh yeah gambit would definitely get his own movie 100%. absolutely honestly yeah. i can't believe i still can't believe they made mobius like morbius i i can't believe yeah. they made that into a movie and they thought that was a good idea but they all sat down or craven the hunter or madam Webb. yeah craven the yeah. hunter is like also a weird choice too which is weird because craven's last hunt i remember being a very good spider-man comic like reading that as a kid and stuff and loving it and i'm like mm-hmm. they should just take that and make that a movie and it would be mm-hmm. fine but instead yeah, they're yeah. like now nah, we're gonna do our own thing and you're like oh yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first superhero fight at the statue of liberty in movies Ooh. we get another one in spider-man 3 and the mcu with too many they, villains in Spider-Man when they, 3. When they, rebuilt, yeah. when they rebuilt it to look like Captain America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's something that made me laugh. Why did Mystique disguise herself as a six-foot Statue of Liberty statue when they're looking for her inside? <laughs> like she could have chose anything, any other person, one of the X-Men, but she's just like a she, Statue of Liberty doll in the middle of the she, room. She could have morphed into herself with like a lampshade over her head and it would have made more sense. <laughs> Wait, yeah, does that open up the thing then? Does she have to be a person? Can she turn into inanimate objects? Well, in the comics, she can morph like wings and stuff if she's falling from a big oh. height. So, so she can do anything, I think. Yeah. I do love when wolverine knows right away that she's not mm-hmm. storm and stabs her it's just like instant yeah. and you're like oh that's really cool that he like knows immediately mm-hmm. that whole fight scene's great but again the toad loogie thing is just so disgusting to me i i can't <laughs> get over it yeah again toad is the weakest bumbling member of the brother of evil mutants and he is kicking their asses oh yeah yeah I remember that like really bugging me out. Like while watching the movie, it's like, oh, this isn't supposed to be how it goes. Like, Toad, <laughs> Toad is supposed to get housed instantly, and yet he's like, he's probably going to kill Storm <laughs> if something crazy doesn't happen soon. Does uh, do you think Ray Park was like, hey guys, I was Darth Maul. I gotta play a badass. I know I'm Toad, but you have to make him a badass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And he made the right choice. <laughs> I really like the whole fight scene. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing there's there's two things that stood out to me during this fight scene, like the whole thing, and like one is just like, and and I think it like impacted like me really really liking this movie and not like flat out loving it. It's just everything was so dark and muted that it was everything was just too dark and muted for one. The other mm-hmm. thing too is that this scene more than any other, it really pointed out to me that the score for x-men sucks like it's really really bad i like yeah. that they didn't have like and they say that here because it makes it a little <laughs> more timeless but the music is way quieter than it should be like it doesn't like drive the action it kind of feels like they just purchased like a generic soundtrack and just like ah we'll just play it quietly in the background of all the scenes like nothing really mm-hmm. takes anything to the next level and I, I think that's the one thing that hurts the whole fight scene yeah yeah 
I would agree with that. The music and the whole thing is again, it's like they just didn't get the rights to the Jim Lee song, and it's like that's what yeah. they wanted. That's what the fans wanted. Mm-hmm. I actually have um, my favorite line from any television show in the Jim Lee X Men cartoon where Storm gets covered with rubble, and then Sky Cops goes, "Help Storm! She's claustrophobic." <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen that it's a real you can go on youtube and just just type in storms claustrophobic into youtube and the clip will pull up it's really amazing i have to look up joey diaz first and then I'm. Gonna oh yeah the joey diaz thing i'm looking up after this for sure cody you also have to look up i talked about it on mike's podcast cyclops's kick oh. in the super nintendo game <laughs> spider-man and the x-men it's so funny he like puts his arms back and then he like kicks where, it's really <laughs> It's so wonky and weird. It okay. almost makes me wonder Cyclops, if the collapse kick Spider-Man and the X-Men. Okay. All right, cool. It makes it a tab. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think that the people that made that game hated Cyclops. because the yeah. so dumb. Ooh. There's an entire 23 minute YouTube video called Cyclops's awkward kick. It's yeah. <laughs> just over yep. and over again. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Storm has that line where she says, you know what happens to a toad that when he gets struck by lightning? Oh, yeah. The same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> and then she strikes him and he flies 100 feet in the water while screaming, so he's still alive. So I was like, well, maybe not everything else because <laughs> he didn't die. He just flew a long way. Yeah, that's true. Like People get like like Wolverine, not, not, uh, Cyclops, shoots Sabretooth off the Statue of Liberty, falls all the way down into a boat, he's going to be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. like a very classic. Toad healing powers, not, but Toad doesn't. Yeah, Toad's just going to be in a charred frog in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that is my favorite jazz album. A lot of Monk's greatest work. <laughs> so much scatting in that album. So much coming up. up. <laughs> yeah, this is where I wrote down the idea of Cyclops missing to me is so funny because he's not aiming, he's looking. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets distracted. Oh, I missed. Oh, <laughs> For Storm, I wrote, I haven't seen this much white and hair since there's something about Mary. <laughs> gosh that's a class i know that's not a comic book movie but that's a class that's a thing i didn't get as a kid that i slowly got more as an adult (laughs) like wait a second (laughs) i really love when wolverine goes to save rogue by touching her so she has his healing powers and then all of his old scars were opening up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she was taking his powers away. I thought that was a really cool touch. His, uh, um, I like when the team finally works together to get him on top of that. Gene steadies him, and Storm like lifts him up with the wind and stuff, and they like actually mm-hmm. are working together. You yeah. know, I thought that was kind of a cool moment to be like, they're the X Men now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's funny how he. Uh, Anytime that Magneto like bends his claws in the movie, whether it's the train scene or this scene at the end, it just is also like, oh, like it's just really <laughs> gross looking. <laughs> this movie made me squeamish. I don't get squeamish that often, but for some reason, there's moments in this movie where I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, the, the part that gets me in the movie is like to go back to the train scene, like when Wolverine had his arms outstretched and then. Magneto shot him back so fast that like his arms banged downward. Every time oh, I see that, yeah. I'm like, Ooh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that did some damage to that guy yeah. who uh, has an ultimate healing factor. 
Uh, so the X-Men win. Now, the end of this movie, there's a part that really bugs me. <laughs> so they show Mystique as Senator Kelly, like, giving a speech. And then as he walks by the camera, his eyes flash. So, so, I wrote, so a prominent U.S. senator's eyes change after a press conference and nobody notices but the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I think they were the only people that had a pause button. Yeah, advanced mutant technology. Like they were the only people that could pause television at the time. They could, yeah, they had the TiVo, the early early adopters of the TiVo, so they could pause it. I also like they used how to shift in the basement, like it's called TiVo. <laughs> what happened to the danger room? Let's focus on the TiVo. <laughs> Beast was also supposed to be in this movie, but they had to cut because of the special effects and makeup budget would have been too much yeah it's a bummer i thought it's because kelsey Grammer was busy (laughs) (laughs) by the way i don't know if we talked about it last week when we talked about the marvels but there is an easter egg at the end that shows beast and it is really like the the irishman where it's just (laughs) beast is is this mutated nimble acrobat and it's just it's just an old man walking away at the end (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me laugh because it's just a a seven-year-old Kelsey Grammer just like hobbling away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really like Magneto's plastic room. Oh, that was so cool. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. uh, (laughs) There was another one that stuck out to me is that I love in movies when an inmate gestures to the guard that it's time to leave as if he has any control over anything. (laughs) Get this guy out of here. (laughs) Roll this wheelchair man away. Maybe that's why they beat the shit out of him with that uh, plastic baton and like X2. Like this guy keeps waving people out of here. (laughs) By the way, we missed a pivotal joke, an early joke that I like is when Wolverine asks if they call Professor X wheels. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a fucked up joke from the time, but it's funny. I read that was improvised. The The scripted line was, what do they call you, Baldy? And, and Hugh Jackman's like, what do, you, what do they call you, wheels? And wheels. Like everybody laughed. Wheels like, is way oh, better. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind. I mean, I think it's sweet that like Wolverine gives her the dog tags, you know, mm-hmm. and like it, it's it just like everything's pointing to a, a second one, which was great. Uh, again, this movie, bad special effects moments, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not that many in and most of them hold up really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's almost it's coming to close to 25 years old. And it looks pretty darn good for 25 years old. Like there was a level of care that a lot of the superhero movies at that time just didn't have. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. good. Still good. So let me share some trivia with you guys. Ooh. You're not going to make us actually answer questions, are you? I am not. No. Oh, thank you, God. You're just going to no. sit. You're just going to sit there and like it. I'm just going to sit there and enjoy it. That's what I want to do. Oh, here's a cool Easter egg I read. So when the energy pulse from Magneto's device washes over the X-Men, Jean Grey is the only one who shows a physical reaction. And this would seem to be the event that activated the Phoenix Force within her. Um, And later in the movie, she says she hasn't, she's felt differently about her powers since the Statue of Liberty in the next movie. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they're kind of like planning ahead for Phoenix Force and stuff like that. 
In the final scene with Professor Xavier plays a game of chess with Magneto, neither Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen knew how to play chess, so they had to hire a chess expert to teach them how to play that scene. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny, like two regal, distinguished old men have never played chess. (laughs) They're like, like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I'm going to play chess. I'm an actor. (laughs) Do you have an all-glass game of Scrabble that we can play? (laughs) Plastic dominoes? Plastic dominoes. <laughs> Clear plastic dominoes. <laughs> uh, so Kevin Feige was a producer on this movie, and they were so happy with his work that Marvel hired him to start. This is when they started production on Marvel Studios. Oh, wow. Wow. So because of this movie, Kevin Feige became the head of Marvel Studios. And this is like the beginning of the MCU, like with Iron Man, essentially. Is Iron Man's yeah. the first one, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Some other people who they tried to direct, get to direct, James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez. That could be cool. Yeah. Robert Cameron. had had to turn it down because he didn't know a lot about the franchise, but then he went on to do other comic book movies, uh, Sin City and Alita Battle Angel. Ooh. Much better fits for his style. Yeah. yeah. James Cameron would have had him fight at the bottom of the ocean if they'd have done it. So. <laughs> He's like, all right, all the X-Men are going to the Titanic. It's like, James, come on, man. Get over this only, shit. And we're only bringing the blue ones. We're only bringing the blue <laughs> X-Men. <laughs> they have to find the unobtainium. <laughs> what a dumb fucking... I don't like Avatar because I think it's like really stupid. And I know people get fired up about it, but I'm like, like it's just so silly to me. It's not. It's like the fi- the effects are good, but I don't like the rest of it. I don't think that anyone can argue that it's a good movie. It was, it was a massive achievement for for special effects. But nobody's like, man, that so that Avatar has such a great plot. Oh, Pandora! We're opening Pandora <laughs> to get unobtainium. It's like, are you beating me to death with symbolism right now, James Cameron? <laughs> I like the second one. Like the second I one, the I was like. One. You know what? The second one, I was like, all right, if they're going to keep on making these movies, I'm going to give it one more shot. And I really, really like the second one. But the first one was crap. Like, okay. I, I would recommend if you've got like, a, you know, just a, a, a lazy weekend or something like that. Check out the second one. It's fun. It at least makes sense. And there's character development. unlike the first one. Okay. I'll and, try that. And less of a focus on unobtainium. Thank God. Yeah. That was, that was just so stupid of me. Oh, Hugh Jackman, when during the Wolverine Mystique fight, for some reason they had, they made his prop claws very sharp, and so during the choreographed fight, he actually cut Rebecca Mainstano's stunt double, but it ended up not being that severe. But it's just crazy that they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna put real daggers on your arms." <laughs> <laughs> then they're gonna be like, and then he discovered he really liked it. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I think I shared the rest of them. Um, now is the time when we ask Perfect Cast or Hulk Smash. Uh, Cody, what do you think? You know, I got to go with uh, Perfect Cast. Everybody did what they needed to do. Did it very, very well. And I mean, some of those guys are still playing the same characters. So if that's not a Perfect Cast, I don't know what is. That's true. How about you, Mike? Anyone you would change? I, I, I'm also going to go with perfect cast. I can't see anything. Even like, I think the only person that I thought was kind of weird to me at, at times was Cyclops, but I think that's the way it was written versus how James Marsden did it. So I would say perfect cast, not, not, not Hulk smash. Yeah. And I, and the, I think what they gave him, he did really well, but 
like you said earlier, no no movie has just has done Cyclops justice. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with Leonardo's kind of the same way. It's just the leader they make so boring because he just has to, he's just the leader. That's his only personality trait. Yeah, agreed. And it sucks because <laughs> I feel like Leonardo is cool. And then it, you're talking about Ninja Turtles, obviously. Not, yeah. not no, the, 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 the artist. The, the artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys don't know his other podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, though. Because Leonardo is a cool character, but that in the movies. It just hey, he was always my favorite. And he's just mm-hmm. so boring in the movies. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So we're going to do something a little different this week. So um, excited. So normally we, we, Cody and I pick the next movie for the other person while the guest just sits there and uh, doesn't get included in the fun and they just get to hear a movie they don't get to watch and have fun with. So, so we thought we'd mix it up. And now uh, Coletta, you're going to pick our movie next I week. I am going to pick your movie and I'm pretty excited about this because you said it had to be a non-Marvel or DC movie, right? That's, the, or mm-hmm. that's what we're looking at here. The year was 2008. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Angelina Jolie, James McAvoy, and Morgan Freeman were a team of assassins with the Uh loom of fate. You're doing Wanted. Yes. Yes. Not that any people can curve the bullet, but you two can, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I chose. I I saw this movie in theaters. I remember some of the special effects being cool. I don't think this is a good movie, but I want to see what you two think about it. Because it also, it's kind of a, it was at the time where I feel like they thought they could do no wrong. So we're just going to make all these comic books into movies. And this was the one they're like, eh, we should have, we could have picked a different one for this yeah. one. But I think you'll have fun with it. It's, it's, a, it's definitely got a lot to make fun of. <laughs> I do remember the trailers and the, and the advertising for it was kind of from the perspective of like, this is going to be a cultural pop culture phenomenon and it's going to blow your minds. And, and it's everyone's not just like, everyone's just like, eh, it's just okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some cool stuff in it, but I, I saw it in theaters and I, Oh, also a very like relatively early Chris Pratt movie. Chris Pratt's in this. Oh, really? really? When, yeah. When he's he, still chunky, Chris Pratt, he or, plays yeah. uh, the, the friend of James McAvoy in it. And it's like one of his earlier roles, like 2008. I think he's like right before Parks and Rec. Wow. So okay. I don't know if he's chunkier or not. Like, I don't know what he looks like, but it's a very early Chris Pratt role. And I, that was kind of like one of those things where I was like, oh, shit, because I was thinking about this um, or Kick-Ass was the other one I was thinking about. Mm. You bastard, and you chose the And I chose this because I thought this one would be funnier because it's a worse movie. I have a I have a special relationship with this movie actually because they uh so like when I lived in Chicago for two years and during that two years they filmed two comic book movies there. One one was the one was the Dark Knight and the other one was this. And like I I've told this story before, but like there's a scene early in the movie where they like they show James McAvoy coming out of his shit apartment to show how bad his shit life was. And it was the street that I lived on. (laughs) (laughs) But they literally, they showed the apartment that was one over from ours because ours looked way worse. And they were like, all right, come on. Like this guy, his life isn't that bad that he could be living there. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, this movie's, got, this movie's got 
got common in it the rapper it i think you're gonna you're gonna have fun with it i think i'm excited i haven't seen yeah. this movie in years like i also I under- liking it enough yeah. you know it's also under two hours so i was like gonna help you guys out there <laughs> bless you like, yeah good. no problem i just i hate it when people are like you want to go see this comic movie i'm like it's three hours long <laughs> can't do that shit anymore man but yeah wanted 2008 you're gonna love it there's a lot of future superhero people in that. That's Angela also Jolie, another... McAvoy, yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of one of the reasons I, I I picked it too. I was like, oh, it's actually like it's weird how it was getting kind of close to this era when they're going to be like in the Marvel universe or whatever, or DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was the director on that? Was it was it's that Matthew Vaughn? Timur, Timur something. Oh, Timur Bedum. Yeah. Bedum come off or something like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't really know. Oh, I'm, again, I saw the movie in theaters and I never watched it again, but I was just like, <laughs> I remember this being really ridiculous at times. And it's kind of like, it's fun because it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Kick-Ass is almost like, it, it, Kick-Ass is a good movie, but I was like, you don't want a really good movie for this because then, you know, you want like something you can make fun of a little bit. Because <laughs> I feel like with X-Men, we made fun of it a little bit. It had silly times, silly moments in it. Yeah, there's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, I mean, had, there's a goo monster in it. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a good run of quality on the show. I think it's time we yeah. go back to basics and just right. watch Wanted. That's watch Wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was um, the worst one you guys have done so far? Sorry to keep going. So here do I say at the same time? I know what you're going to say. Oh, wait, actually, maybe I don't know what you're going to say. It's one of two. Okay. So, uh, count of three. One, two, three. Hellboy. Hellboy. Oh, yeah. okay. The 2019 yeah. Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. I, uh, it's I. I did not like Swamp Thing, but um, <laughs> that I was shit on it a lot. Yeah. I shit on it a lot, but it is. It's a. It is a more fun movie. This is the old, where it's Hellboy. the old Swamp Thing movie. This is like oh yeah, oh yeah. What we win. Eighty. I don't know if I've seen that in like a long time. I think I was a kid you, when I last saw that. Speaking of Googles, you have to Google. Um, the the end fight scene with <laughs> with the 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 evil villain monster in that movie is the worst costume I've ever seen in any movie. I will look this up. Nineteen eighty two. It's Wes Craven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god. It, it was like an in between time. Uh, yeah. There's like if there if you get the video of the whole transformation scene. You're like, wow, he's gonna like it's it's weird and unsettling, and you're like, he's gonna be something amazing, and then he is not. He, <laughs> oh no, a lot of buildup for not a lot of payoff there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and I was gonna uh, as a bit do uh, what are we playing now, just like you do on your podcast, Mike. But I think we already talked about it. Yeah, I'm playing, playing Spider Man. I'm Spider Man. I'm playing Batman Arkham Trilogy. Cody, I'm you playing, have, what are you yeah, playing? I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy. Very, oh, very slowly. That? I like it. Um I've got I've got a four, not a five, so there's like a, there's some loading time issues and things like that. But like once you get into it, it's really fun. It's like um uh, it's like a gentler um Red Dead. Nice. Or just, you know, riding around and you know, helping people out with your wizardry and little, weird little side quests. It's a good time. 
I've heard if you like Hogwarts, like lore, like the movies and stuff, and like into the story and like the Easter eggs, that move that game has a lot of stuff in it for that. Like totally. you can discover a lot of like little fun, little fun things in it. So mm-hmm. fun yeah. little fun things. Yeah, I need to stop talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going between um the Arkham trilogy and I'm so close to beating Super Mario RPG. Oh, the remake. Ooh, the remake. Nice. I never played the original, so I feel like I got to get the remake to get through it. You absolutely have to. It's so much. It's so much fun. It's also not very long. I think, right? No. Yeah. No. I think you can. I think you could if you if you run through it. I think you can beat it in maybe six hours. Wow, that's not bad. Probably at all. less. I still haven't beaten hmm. Tears of the Kingdom. I'm still kind of working on Same. it. Same. It yeah. just feels like chores at this point to get all the shrines, uh-huh. and I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that right now. So. Yeah. I think I could fight Ganon, but I just like to have full hearts because I'm bad at video games. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Well, now that uh, every woman who ever hears this pussy is completely dry, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Uh, Thanks for listening uh, to the Sandpaper Cast, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to the desert, dudes. Okay. Sorry. I'm trying to think of other dry things. <laughs> Coletta, do you want to do you want to plug anything? I know we talked about your podcast a lot. Yeah, it's Codex History of Video Games. It's available on anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. We got a YouTube channel now. We got Instagram now. Um, but yes, and I do stand up comedy, ColettaComedy.com. and uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. This old uh, uh, Mike's very funny. We worked together last October and had a great time. And uh, your podcast is really great. It's so fascinating. I just listened to the episode you did with a guy who wrote the book about nonviolent video games oh james bachelor yeah he's a hoot he was like he can <laughs> he i'm an old man he, he's a hoot yeah. uh no <laughs> he he's really cool because he like opened up to like games that i would never even think about like mobile games i don't play a lot of phone games but there are mm-hmm. actually people doing some pretty crazy things with like narrative phone games mm-hmm. that tell really cool stories that are like i mean it's 99 cents to pick up the game right so it's like might as well try yeah. it so <laughs> Have you heard that that Radiolab story about the guy who created a video game about his son dying of cancer? Yeah, it's a real bummer. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's if like you ever want to cry while shoveling the snow, give that a listen. Yeah, I think I was to me. I was driving to a comedy gig and I was like, "Holy shit! What am I listening to right now? I thought it was gonna be fun." Do you know that one, Cody? No, uh, wow. I don't think I'm going to know it either. That sounds yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, God. it's beautiful, but it's just so tragic. Like the whole thing yeah. he describes because oh, because the, the whole point of the game is that no matter what you do, you lose. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, but there's like, I guess there's beautiful moments in the game where like um, just like small moments that you get with your son that's dying, I guess is like the point of it. And it sounds like so beautiful, but just completely heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I was listening to the podcast. and I'm like, I'm glad I listened to the podcast. I'm never playing this game because I'm just going <laughs> to cry for like eight hours or whatever. Uh, yeah, so check out Codex. It is a really good podcast. I recommend it. And uh, thank you. Thanks for thanks for being on, buddy. Dude, I had so yeah, much was... fun. Thanks, guys. We're so yeah. glad you joined us. This is a treat. Three mics, three mic C's. Hang three mic C's. Yeah. We have to change the, the theme song. <laughs> Who did three song? max on three, three max. Max. Uh, our friend carl spaith did it dude i love that theme song i wanted to say how much i loved it while i was playing but i was trying to be professional so yeah. it was fantastic yeah carl is a very good comic he's a very good artist and uh and 
writes great music. And what's this? Um, I I own it. I purchased it on Bandcamp, but I'm just, I'm just the worst. Like, what's the name of his uh, album that he has out on Bandcamp, or the the band that he uh, put out some music with? I think it's called "I'm a Gay Failure." Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you can't take Mike seriously. I forgot about that. And I was like, oh, is it like a funny? Oh no, he's making a joke right now. <laughs> um. Well, he was in the pomegranates. Is that what you're talking about? No, he just put or... something out not that long ago. Ah, we'll find okay. it in time for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find it. Oh, he just died. I just, <laughs> oh. I just searched oh, Carl Spaeth musician, and the first thing that came up is obituary of Carl Spaeth. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not ours, right? No, okay. no, no, not ours. No, I was just texting with him earlier today. He's uh, he's fine. From beyond the grave? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost phone. Oh, wait, that was my Ouija phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you guys so much. Um, I love you. And uh, we'll see you next week when we do Wanted. We did it. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, was like, I was like, do we talk? I was like, wait, wait, do you? <laughs> I was pretending to be frozen to some fuck with it you guys. It looked like you were frozen. It, looked, it, it worked. Yeah. Mike, if I hadn't seen your eyes moved, I was like, are they both frozen? That's just like... <laughs> I was checking your eyes too. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's good. Okay, so we're fine. How All long right, could we've got that bit going. That was, <laughs> that was really fun, though, guys. Thanks. I had a good time. Yeah, wow. thanks. All right, great, I always man. like, love to have you on. I always try not to talk over people. I just get so excited. I'm like, oh, oh my God, this thing. <laughs> this is this episode is dedicated to the memory of Carl Spaeth. <laughs> All right, everybody. And thank you for listening to another episode of Comics on Film. This is a really fun one. Thank you to Mike Coletta and Mike Cody for joining me on this one. We had a blast. We learned a lot of stuff. And most importantly, we became better friends. Please uh, follow us on Instagram and X as Comics on Film. And also follow my Coletta. Uh, he's a super funny guy, as you've heard on the show. He has a great podcast called Codex, where they do the history of video games. And it's uh, really entertaining. They have great guests on there, if that's your nerd thing. And please help us share, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, let's get this podcast up to the next level, motherfuckers. And we'll see you next week with Wanted. And also, our special guest will be Carl Spade. So, he's not dead. Yay! Sorry, love you, bye.